Good day, everyone. Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamla D., here to take you on a tour of the Bible. Yes, we read entire books here, not just one scripture of the Bible, full chapters. And of course, I share commentary with you while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every word. Hey, since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's grow in faith, walk in God's grace by learning Bible truth. All right, saints. Praise God. Praise God for another opportunity, another day to share and learn his living word. I hope you and your family had a marvelous Christmas. I hope you received healing. I hope you received protection. And my prayer and hope for all of my listeners is that God continues to provide for you. Now, with that said, I had no intentions on sharing a message today. My intentions were for the next two weeks to play for you some excellent teachings by my brother in Christ, Pastor Fred K. Price Jr. And yesterday morning when I awoke, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I need you to teach a message Sunday. And he asked me, no, let me correct myself. He ordered me to teach the epistle that Jude wrote to Christians. I had no intentions on teaching that even when I returned, <laughs> but I am obedient to the word of God. My goal was to teach and continue to share Second Samuel, which is coming up a week after the new year. So with that said, the epistle of Jude is what I will be sharing with you today. Jude is one chapter. Yes, but I will be sharing a lot of commentary. Because the letter that Jude wrote to Christians, not Jews, not just Jews who were practicing Judaism. He is writing to Judaizers who converted to Christianity and Greeks who converted from pagan worship to Christianity. That's us. And his letter is about the dangers of following false teachers. My God, hallelujah. And once I began to not only read the epistle of Jude, but study it, I understood why God wanted me to share it. Now to whom God wants to hear it and to whom this message shall reach is God's business. My job as a teacher in the body of Christ is to share with you the truth as it is written in God's word. 
Now, Jude is the brother of our Lord and Savior, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. He is also the half-brother of James. And let me correct myself. He is the half-brother of Jesus because they share the same mother. The father of Jesus is the creator of the heavens and the earth and the air that we breathe and the water that we drink and the moon and the stars. Jesus is the son of God. James and Jude, who is also known as Judah or Judas, not Judas Iscariot, share the same earthly father. His name is Joseph. And I have shared in the past that Mary did not remain a virgin after she had Jesus. So there is no such thing as the Virgin Mary again, okay? She had sex with her husband, Joseph, and they fathered, um, if I am not mistaken, six, five or six more children. So with that said, Jude, in the beginning, did not believe his brother was the Messiah until after the resurrection. As a matter of fact, James, Jesus's half-brother, who was an apostle as well, who wrote the book of James, also didn't believe that his half-brother was the Messiah until after the resurrection. Now, Jude appears urgent in his purpose to warn an unknown community of Christians against false teachers. As in 2 Peter, these would be leaders who are immoral. They pervert the truth of the gospel and they are destined for divine judgment. Oh, yes. They are dreamers, perhaps given to dreams or visions. They are clouds that don't give any rain. And they are exposed as not having God's spirit in them. Now, the last reference hints that the false teachers represented themselves as those who did have the spirit. Okay, as is today. They represent themselves as those who have the spirit. But Jesus says, and so does the apostles, and so does Jude, that a tree is known by its fruit. Now, I'm going to touch home in this message. But it is up to you to choose to receive and believe in the truth as it relates to God's word. Now, Jude's letter begins and ends with an affirmation of God's gracious action on behalf of believers, stressing divine preservation. However, Christians themselves are to defend the faith, their responsibility, our responsibilities are further developed in verses 20 and 23 by a series of practical exhortations. The balance of the letter exposes, especially in light of Old Testament analogies, the secret presence of false teachers within the community who seek to overthrow the faith of God's people. Today, perpetrators of unbiblical ethical standards who may even claim to have the spirit threaten the godly commitment of Christians. However, God's power is able to keep us from falling if we allow it. But our responsibility is to build ourselves up in the truth 
through praying in the Holy Spirit and to anticipate our final salvation. The scriptures are our resource. They are here for reproof and correction. So if what you hear today differs from what you are being taught in the church today, your job is to follow the truth. Now, at the same time, we are to be alert and vocal in warning those who are being swayed by false teachers, okay, and philosophies. And they are prevalent today. Now, the Holy Spirit causes biblical teaching to come alive. There is no mistake about that. I feel the Holy Spirit. I talk to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit talks to me through scripture. Now, as I was saying, the Holy Spirit causes biblical teaching to come alive so that Christian communities is built up in its most holy faith. That is in the apostolic teaching. Now, this is accomplished through praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Accordingly, the spirit is important as the one through whom God preserves his own from worldly error. In contrast, the false teachers are devoid of the spirit, despite whatever claims they may make. They are false teachers. They are not telling you the truth. And we have all of this scripture here to compare what we hear. There is no excuse for anyone to be deceived today. If you are deceived today, trust me, you want to be deceived. Now, I want you to listen to this message with an open mind to understand and an open heart to receive the truth. Now, because Jude has only one chapter, I will be reading from guess what? Some writings and documentations that are not documented in the Bible. Yes, yes. Now, y'all know me. If I'm going to read from it, it must be confirmed through the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit. And it's also confirmed through Jude. Now, when we get to the, those scriptures and before I read it, I will elaborate on it a little bit more. So without further ado, I will be reading and teaching from the New Living Translation. Now, when I read other scriptures, that uh, will cross-reference what Jude says, I will be using the NIV. Now, for those of you who are using other translations, that is fine. Because in the end, we will end up in the same place. We will be in the same place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I hope you are in Jude, and I will commence to reading at verse 1. This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Hallelujah. Now, if you notice, Jude is referring to himself as a slave of Jesus Christ, which all of us are supposed to refer to ourselves as that. But he is Jesus's half brother. And I, as I mentioned in my introduction, initially, Jude didn't believe that his brother was the Messiah. He and his brother James didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah until after the resurrection, when they saw their brother, whom had been crucified, not just for the world, 
including them. That's when they knew their brother was the Messiah, the true son of God. Now let's continue in verse one. I am writing to all who have been called by God, the father who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. Verse two, may God give you more and more mercy, peace and love. Verse three, dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Verse four, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives right here. I know you guys are going to start to feel uncomfortable because I know not all the congregations or the body of Christ teach you to trample on God's grace, but apparently false teachers back then, just like today was telling the saints that because of God's grace, you can live any kind of way you want. You can continue in sexual immorality and right here. And just as Paul corrected in first and second Corinthians, just as second Peter and first and second Timothy corrected those who were trampling on God, on God's grace. And in the book of Romans, which we will tour in 2021 talks about trampling on God's grace. And I am here to tell you, that is not true. You cannot live any kind of way you want because of God's grace. And let's continue. Now, I know some of y'all are, are feeling upset and are feeling anxious right now and don't want to listen. And I say to you, you can cut the tape off and move on. But what is happening, if you feel that way, is your flesh, your flesh fighting the word of God. That is what is happening. It used to happen to me until I gave in and said, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And I chose to follow the word. Okay. Now the latter part of verse four, the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now what they, what they are talking about here, what Jude is talking about here is the prophets of old prophesied about the condemnation of the false teachers that were coming. They knew they were coming. That's how we know the prophets are true. That which the prophet says comes to pass is from God. And they had arrived in the church. Okay. Verse five. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. But later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. Now, if you notice, he mentioned Jesus Christ as being in the Old Testament, because you have to remember Jesus was in the beginning with God. That's scripture that's written in Genesis and John, first John. Now, what he is saying is Jesus wasn't here in the flesh, but he was here in the spirit because you have to remember Jesus is God in the flesh. Okay. And he's saying, now, why is this in the New Testament? He is saying, look at verse five again, because we, I want to make sure you listen to these scriptures. 
So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. Remember, the children of Israel was in Egyptian bondage for 430 years. But later, he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. Why is Jude telling the Christians, the body of Christ, this today? Because Jude is writing to Christians, us the body of Christ. You know why? Because it applies today because Christ did not die on that cross for us to live successful, sinful lifestyles. No, he did not. So I know this message is going to hit home, but if you are a true believer, you will receive this truth. Verse six. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority. God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Now, what is Jude talking about here? The angels who left the limits of authority God gave them are probably the lustful sons of God mentioned in Genesis chapter six, verses one through four. Now, you guys can write those scriptures down so that you can cross reference what Jude is saying. Now, according to the first century Jewish teachings, especially in the Apocrypha book of one Enoch, which is what I'm going to read from later, angels descended and cohabited with women who lived before the flood. Now, therefore, the sin of these fallen angels is compared to the sexual immorality associated with Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, the early Christians knew and utilized these writings. Even though they did not regard them as holy scripture, although the Bible is not clear regarding precisely how these angels fell, it is clear they are now confined. That is clear because Jude said so. Now, they are awaiting the great day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are saints. Now, let's pick up at verse 7. And don't. Forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't the only uh, two towns that was destroyed. There were two other towns surrounding Sodom and Gomorrah who were engaging in the same behavior. They were destroyed with Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, verse seven again. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Now, why is Jude telling this to, to uh, New Testament Christians? Huh? Because it applies to us today. That's why. Verse eight. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority and scoff at supernatural beings. Verse nine, but even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. Now this took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses's body. Verse 10, but these people scoff at things they do not understand. Like today, if you don't, because if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't understand spiritual things. And the Bible is spiritual. Okay, verse 10 again. But these people scoff at things they do not understand, like unthinking animals. 
They do whatever their instincts tell them. And so they bring about their own destruction. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Now, early Christians, uh, Christian writings indicate that this account was originally in a Jewish work entitled the Testament or the Assumption of Moses. Now, um, a likely explanation of the dispute about Moses's body is that the devil challenged Michael's right to bury Moses since Moses had had murdered an Egyptian. And you can cross reference that with Exodus chapter two, 11 through 15 and Deuteronomy 34 verses five through six. This indicates that Moses's burial was divinely arranged. Now, when it talks about uh, the archangel, Mike, Michael, the archangel, angel, I'm sorry, Michael, not disputing with the devil is just saying that you have to remember the devil is an angelic being. Now, his future is to be thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, no doubt. But what they are saying is these false teachers today want to talk about the true angels, the angelic beings. And the uh, Jude is using an example of how Michael, the archangel, didn't even dispute with the devil. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. So that's the best way I can explain that. Let's pick up at verse 11. What sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money. Now, Balaam was a prophet, a prophet of God, but he was able to be bought. God sent an angel to talk to Balaam through a donkey. Now, I don't want to read about Balaam, but I will read about Korah. And like Korah, they perished in their rebellion. Now, I'm going to take this time to read to you what happened to over 250 people who chose to follow false teachers, okay, and not follow Moses and his brother Aaron. Aaron was the high priest and Moses was the prophet of God. And uh, you can go there, Numbers chapter 16, and I'm going to read 35 verses because I want you to hear this. And uh, the reason I chose to read this is because some of you are not going to go there and read it. But I want you to listen to what happened to 250 people who chose to follow false teachers and leave the true men of God who were teaching the truth, Moses and his brother Aaron. Verse one, and I'm reading this from the NIV, the New International Version. Verse one, Korah, son of Izar, the son of Kahath, the son of Levi, and certain Reubenites, Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, and On, son of Peleth, they became insolent, meaning rude and lack of respect toward Moses and Aaron, and rose up against Moses. With them were 250 Israelite men, well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. Verse three, they came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them. And the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? Now that is not what Aaron and Moses were doing. These were the false teachers 
who were complaining about Moses and Aaron delivering, well, not Aaron, but Moses delivering the children out of the hands of the Egyptians. Okay, now uh, listen to this carefully now, verse four. When Moses heard this, he fell face down. Verse five, then he said to Korah and all his followers, in the morning, the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy. And he will have that person come near him. The man who chooses, he, the man he chooses, talking about God, he will cause to come near him. Verse six, you, Korah, and all your followers are to do this. Take censers, verse seven, and tomorrow put burning coals and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses will be the one who is holy. You Levites have gone too far. Verse eight, Moses also said to Korah, now listen, you Levites, verse nine, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near, near himself to do the work at the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community and minister to them. Verse 10, he has brought you and all your fellow Levites near himself. But now you are trying to get the priesthood too. Verse 11, it is against the Lord that you and all your followers have banded together. Who is Aaron that you should crumble against him? Verse 12, then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, we will not come. Verse 13, isn't it enough that you have brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? Now you have to remember, if you know the story about Moses and the children uh, in the wilderness between 38 and 40 years, it's because they refused to go up to the promised land that was flowing with milk and honey that God had promised them because they were walking by sight. They were intimidated by the people that were already there. Okay. They started listening to the false brethren and the false leaders saying, no, we cannot go up and overtake the land. And Moses said, yes, we can. Okay. Let me continue reading. And now you also want to lord it over us. Verse 14. Moreover, you haven't brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey or given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Do you want to treat these men like slaves? No, we will not come. Verse 15. Then Moses became very angry and rightfully so and said to the Lord, do not accept their offering. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them, nor have I wronged any of them. Verse 16. Moses said to Korah, you and all your followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow. You and they and Aaron. Verse 17. Each man is to take his censer and put incense in it. 250 censers in all and present it before the Lord. You and Aaron are to present your censers also. Verse 18. So each of them took his censer put burning coals and incense in it and stood with Moses and Aaron at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Verse 19, when Korah had gathered all his followers in opposition to them at the entrance to the tent of meeting, 
the glory of the Lord appeared to the entire assembly. Now this is historical. This is an historical event. The glory of the Lord appeared to all of them. Okay. Verse 20, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, verse 21, separate yourselves from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. See, Moses and Aaron were the true people of God. They were the true men of God. Okay. Uh, verse 22, but Moses and Aaron fell face down and cried out. Now listen to the heart of Moses and Aaron. Oh God, the God who gives breath to all living things. Will you be angry with the entire assembly when only one man sins? Oh my, oh my, y'all need to hear this again. Moses and Aaron fell on their face and told the Lord. They said to the Lord, oh God, the God who gives breath to all living things. Will you be angry with the entire assembly when only one man sins? Right here. You need to understand what this is saying. Don't you go to hell with a denomination not teaching the truth. Okay. You will perish with that false teacher. That is what this is saying. They are asking God not to do it. But listen to the response of God. Verse 23. Then the Lord said to Moses. Verse 24. Say to the assembly. Move away from the tents of Korah, Dathan and Abiram. They need to leave that tent. They have to leave those corrupt evil men. Verse 25. Moses got up and went to Dathan and Abiram. And the elders of Israel followed him. Verse 26. He warned the assembly, just like I'm warning you today, move back from the tents of these wicked men. Do not touch anything belonging to them, meaning don't follow their practices or their teachings now, or you will be swept away because of all their sins. Do y'all hear this? This applies today. Why do you think uh, Jude mentioned this? He mentioned this event. Verse 27, so they moved away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Now, the people who wasn't going to die with them and wasn't going to perish with them, they moved. Okay, Dathan and Abiram had come out and were standing with their wives, children, and little ones at the entrance to their tents. Okay, they came out from, from among Korah. Okay, verse 28, then Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things and that it was not my idea. Moses is saying, look, what I am doing, I am representing the God of Israel. Oh, yeah, the God who created the heavens and the earth. This is not my doing. Okay, verse 29, if these men die a natural death and suffer the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. Verse 30, but if the Lord brings about something totally new and the earth opens its, its mouth, because this is new for the earth to open its mouth and swallow someone up and swallows them with everything that belongs to them and they go down alive into the realm of the dead, meaning hell, then you will know that these men have treated the Lord with contempt. Verse 31. As soon as he finished saying all this, the ground under them split apart. Verse 32. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all those associated with Korah together with their possessions. 
verse 33. They went down alive into the realm of the dead with everything they owned. The earth closed over them and they perished and were gone from the community. Verse 34. At their cries, all the Israelites around them fled, shouting, the earth is going to swallow us too. Verse 35. And fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense. Mm-hmm. Yes. All 250 men who were offering the incense who were with Korah, they perished with him. Okay. If they ran so the earth couldn't consume them, but God made fire come down on them. Now, why do you think Jude decided to share this with us? Because if you are following and sitting under false teaching, your excuse cannot be, well, I didn't know he was, he wasn't telling the truth because you are obligated to study, to show yourself approved, to follow the scriptures that the pastors and teachings are showing you so that you, my sisters and brothers will know whether or not they are telling you the truth. Don't you perish with Korah. Okay. Don't you perish with these false teachers in these denominations. I don't care how much you love these denominations. It can be a part of your family's tradition, but if they are not telling the truth, you ought to get from out of that teaching and move to a church or a congregation or a sanctuary who is telling you the truth. And I'm going to read verse 11 again. So you can get why Jude. Now this is in the new Testament referring to the old Testament. Okay. Jude. Verse 11, what sorrow awaits them for they follow in the footsteps of Cain who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money and like Korah, they perished in their rebellion. They rebelled against God and they perished with Korah. Now here's the kicker. They had an opportunity to repent. They chose not to repent. And perish. You know why? Because they didn't believe it. See, unbelief, I, I tell you, is a silent killer. Not believing God and not following his word is a silent killer. Now, Jude referred to the Old Testament, which is what a scripture that he could conjure up so that we can identify with this and say, if you follow these false teachers, you are going to perish with them. Okay. Verse 12. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, this is talking about communion. They are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are empty. They are like trees in autumn that are double, that are doubly dead for they bear no fruit. And have been pulled up by the roots. So what is Jude talking about here? He's talking about, okay, let me, let me start over with the fellowship meals. You know, now in the early Christians, they included the Lord's supper, just like in first Corinthians chapter 11, verses 20 through 24, the false teachers are clouds that don't give rain. That is promising spiritual refreshment, but not delivering verse 13. They are like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. 
They are like wandering stars, doomed forever to blackest darkness. Ooh, that's powerful. I hope you guys are getting something from this because the Lord prompted me to teach this yesterday for today. I had no intentions on teaching this, so somebody need to hear it. Okay, verse 14. Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones, verse 15, to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, Enoch was a prophet who never saw death. The Lord took him alive. Now, Enoch may be mentioned in the Bible, but the book of Enoch is not. So I want to go to um, the verse in first Enoch that Jude is referring to. Now, these writings are not in the Bible, but Jude just confirmed that it is of the Lord. Okay. now I know you don't have the book of Enoch. I do. So I'm reading from it now. It is first Enoch verse nine to confirm what Jude just spoke. Now, these writings are not in the Bible, but it's in the book of Enoch. But Enoch is in the Bible. Okay, listen, verse nine in first Enoch. And behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to destroy all the ungodly. Now, that is read from the book of Enoch. It is believed that Enoch wrote these, wrote these sayings, and Jude confirmed it. Now, this is why the Apocrypha, I'm going to digress a little bit, uh, was omitted from the Bible. The scholars could not determine who wrote them based on whether or not the apostles mentioned them or whether or not Jesus Christ, the Messiah, mentioned them or whether the prophets of old mentioned them. If they couldn't find anything written by the apostles who wrote about Jesus and who wrote epistles to the church or the, the prophets of old to um, confirm writings of, of certain people. They didn't put it in the Bible or they removed it. Now the scholars didn't put the book of Enoch in the Bible. However, Enoch is in the Bible. So Jude, who is an apostle, who is an, who is a brother of the Lord Jesus Christ through their mother, Mary just confirmed the writings of Enoch. Now, we teachers do a lot of studying, and I'm talking about those who are not trying to deceive you. They do. We do a lot of studying. I'm telling you, I don't just study the Bible. I study references as well. If the apostles or the prophets mentioned it and it is not in the Bible and I can find those writings elsewhere, I will read it to you. I will study it. Okay, just to see if the Holy Spirit is attached to it. But if Jesus or the apostles or the prophets of old mention certain writings that are not in the Bible. Oh, yeah, I read it and study it. I have about a thousand study materials pertaining to this Bible. Now, let's read 14 again before we move forward. Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, and we what people he's talking about false teachers, what's going to happen to them? He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones. Verse 15 to execute judgment on the people of the world. 
He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Him who? Jesus and the God who created the heavens and the earth. Oh, yes. So why is Jude telling this to a bunch of Christians? He's telling them, <laughs> let me tell you something. Don't you trample on God's grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. We didn't have to work to be saved. We were saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. That does not give us a license to live like sinners. And then we think or the devil is making you think that you can spend eternity with God. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You better. And look, ignoring these scriptures and truths will not save you. Now, we just read in Numbers where Moses and Aaron went to the Lord and said, are you going to let all these people perish with one sinner? Talking about Korah, who was leading the pack. <laughs> God said, give them an opportunity to repent and leave. Those who were given the opportunity to leave from by Korah and go and join Moses and Aaron, they did. But those who didn't believe and decided to stay there and we're going to run. Now, that's how foolish they were. How can you run from God? God sees you when you're sitting on the toilet. Come on now. Now, so this is telling you the same thing. If you are sitting on the false teaching because you love what they are saying, it's making you feel good to sin. You should never feel good about sinning. None of us are perfect. But if we happen to fall, we feel bad about it. That's the ones who John was saying. We have an advocate with the father. If you do sin. Not those who practice sin, but those who may stumble into sin and feel bad about it and they repent. We're not talking about people who feel good about sinning. Those people are not saved and they are sitting under false teachings. Now, let's move to verse 16. These people are grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse 17. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said. Verse 18. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Verse 19. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. And they are called in modern day term denominations. Okay. Denominations don't teach everything that the apostles taught in the book of Acts when they were setting up the church. They don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. They'll tell you that the apostles, uh, that the miracles died with the last apostle. No, it didn't. It's because you won't accept the Holy Spirit. Miracles are not being performed in your church. It's a danger in following denominations now. It's in verse 19 of Jude. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. Uh, do you think I need to read that again? Verse 19. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. That's why they're not following the word of God. They are following their natural instincts. And what are your natural instincts? They're like animals. 
You're going to follow what, what's good for you or what you think is good for you. You're going to follow what you, what you enjoy hearing or what sounds good to you. Those who have itching ears. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to hear, but you need to hear the truth. I had to receive it. There was a time I was a non-believer. Okay. Verse 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. And await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Now, this is Jesus's brother talking. You think he don't know what his brother died for? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Verse 22. And you must show mercy to those who, whose faith is wavering. Yes, we who are spiritual are to restore such a one. Okay, those who are spiritual, not with condemnation. Excuse me. Jude is saying here that those who are wavering, you need to pre present scripture to them to bring them back to the fold because we have some cunning false teachers out there. Case in point, T.D. Jakes. Oh, he is a master manipulator. And I'm telling you, you better stick to these scriptures because remember, Jesus said Satan will deceive even the elect if possible. You can be a child of God and be deceived by the devil. And the only way you can be deceived if you stray away from these scriptures. That's the only way you can be deceived. Verse 22 again. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Verse 23. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Okay, because you have some sisters and brothers in Christ. You know who they are. You know the fruit that they bear. They are living in sin and proud of it. I know some. I work with some. I don't say anything. I just sit there and I pray for them. I pray for their repentance and their salvation because they feel comfortable sinning because of God's grace. And they are being told because of God's grace, you basically can do what you want. But Jude says, no, you can't. The Apostle Paul says in the letter to the Romans, no, you can't. So whose report are you going to believe? Huh? Whose report are you going to believe? My sisters and brothers, look, my heart go out to you. I had to, to, to actually receive this. There was a time I was living in a kind, any kind of way. But I said, you know what? Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. If you want to follow Christ and to be a Christian means to be Christ-like. That's what it means. Christianity is not about people. It's about what Christ did on the cross. But if you want to be a Christian, you have to be Christ-like, which simply means to live holy. We are the temple of the living God, of the Holy Spirit. So why would you bring the Holy Spirit through your sinful lifestyle? And let me tell you something. If you feel good about sinning, the Holy Spirit is not in you. That seal that is promised to us is not in you because you never received it. Please don't choose your flesh over your salvation. Please don't. Don't you let anybody. I don't care how much you love them. You can love somebody and keep your distance from them. There is no way I will sit under false teaching. Now, I have been gifted to teach. I am also an evangelist. I will defend the faith, meaning the faith in Christ. But I'm here to tell you. My flesh 
I fight with my flesh all the time, whether or not I'm going to do what's right. And I choose to do what's right. You have to choose to do what's right. And if you profess to be a Christian and you have children and they profess to be a Christian and they go to the same congregation you go to, why are your children living unholy? Why? Why do you have sons and daughters that are having sex with multiple people without being married to any of them? Why? What are you teaching your children? What are you guys sitting under? What teachings, what doctrines are you guys sitting under? Now, this is not a message of judgment because let me tell you, you can reject what I'm saying, but you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting God because I'm showing you scriptures. I'm teaching you scriptures and I'm telling you what they mean. They are clear, which is why I chose the New Living Translation. I love you. I'm coming from a place of love. God placed this on my heart to share and by God, I'm going to share it. Now, let's let's continue so we can um, complete this message within an hour. We are at 48 minutes right now. Verse 22 again. And you must show mercy to those who, whose faith is wavering. Verse 23, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to, to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. And the reason Jude is saying do so, uh, show mercy with great caution is so that you won't fall into the sin that they are feeling comfortable in. You are to hate the sin but love the sinner and be mindful and be cautious that you don't fall into the same sin. Verse 24. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Verse 25. All glory to him who alone is God, our savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord, all glory, majesty, power and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Now that was a short but powerful message from Jesus Christ, half brother Jude or either Judah about the dangers of following false teaching, my sisters and brothers, and the dangers of thinking that you can live any kind of way you choose to because of God's grace. No, you cannot. And Jude is not the only apostle that shares that message. So look, we have a new year coming up. 2020 was one of the worst years ever recorded in history. Let's make sure that 2021 is a better year for you. My goal is the same as, as my goal has been over the past 20 years is to get closer with God is to allow him to use me to his glory. Hallelujah. So my prayer for you is that you resist the devil and allow God to use you and for you to lean on God's strength so that you can walk holy and be Christ-like. And my prayer also is that God continues to heal you and deliver you and your family. So saints, until we meet again uh, for the next two weeks, I will be sharing teachings by 
Pastor Frederick K. Price Jr. He is the pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center and Ever Increasing Faith Ministries. And when I return, we will resume teaching from 2 Samuel. So until next time, I love you. God loves you. And most importantly, Jesus loved you enough to die for you. Peace out. All right. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode, please send your questions or comments to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. Or you can send me a direct message through my podcast by clicking on the message button located on the homepage of all my podcasts. Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and Radio Public to submit your remarks. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing the homepage on my podcast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated. I am praying for God to give you a return on your donation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, as it relates to sowing a seed, and I quote, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. God will give you a return on your gift of love as long as you sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart. Now until next time, brothers and sisters, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.